0: Welcome to the Eclectic Reader's Book Club on Sunrise Robot, where we take reading maybe a little too seriously. I'm Susan. I'm Jeanette. I'm Tara. And I'm Meredith. Hello, everybody. I'm back. Welcome (laughs) back. Yay! Uh, How is everybody? It's been a couple months (laughs) for me. I'm
1: I'm honestly more concerned about how you are, to Uh tell you the truth.
0: Tired. I put tired, but honestly, it's more like exhausted, frustrated. (laughs) Having a newborn is very hard, Um, and with a toddler, it's infinitely harder. Um, But it's getting there. She's she is adorable. Thank goodness. So (laughs) definitely super super precious. Yeah, that
1: that always helps.
0: Yes. So um, and I've had some really supportive friends, um, feeding us and and whatnot, and family members being in town and things like that so it it's been manageable (laughs) we'll get through it (laughs) yay yeah but how is everybody else doing
2: well I am great I'm like super psyched I actually woke up this very early early morning with energy because like I moved into my new place now we had a snowstorm and you know I love snowstorms and then I went to a book signing last night with Alexander Bracken and she is, like, the sweetest person. And she's, like, she's sweet and she's smart and she's funny. And I was, like, I love you <laughs> and you live near here. Uh, for now, anyway, she said she's moving back to Arizona. But I was, like, I want to be your friend. I very, came, I came very close to inviting her out for Korean food last night. <laughs>
0: oh, you should
2: have. <laughs> I really should have. I was, like, um, I was there with some friends and it was, our like, our other book club um, sorry, guys, I'm cheating. <laughs> and our other book club was there, and we were like, hi, so this is our book club meeting. We just read your new book, which is Passenger, and it's fun. It's about time travel. Um, and I was like, we just read your book, and we're here. This is our book club meeting, so we came to get our book signed, and then we're going out for dinner. And uh, and at that point, I was like, and you're welcome to come. And I was like, <laughs> I hear that on the tip of my tongue. I'm like, that sounds a little crazy. I'm maybe not going to say that. <laughs> good job. Good job. <laughs> so I'm glad I did not come off crazy to Alex Bracken because
1: she's real sweet. Oh, that's good. good. Uh, yeah. How are you guys? <laughs> um, You know, I'm really good. I'm mostly tired. Um, I We've started Book Bingo, which I you know we're going to talk about a little bit later. But um, I did win the first round, so that was really cool. Woo! Congrats. Um, and, and yeah. super stressful <laughs> as it was. It was more stressful than last year because I knew Michelle was gunning for me. Like, I knew Michelle knew now how fast <laughs> I could read. And now I was like, she's coming. <laughs> coming after you. <laughs> it was like, we we actually had a call Monday night, um, like Michelle and a few other folks. And we looked at each other. We're like, this is a book-free zone. We cannot be reading during this call. We're putting down the books. And it was just like, okay. Where are you though? <laughs> how much? <laughs> how much do you have left of your last book? She's like, I have. She's like, I have about half. I'm like, me too. Wow. All right. So it was pretty. Um, it was pretty intense. It was like go back and forth all day. We're both checking the dock all day. It was nuts. <laughs> um, but it's fun, and I'm glad that bit is over. I can only win one, so pressure's off. Now I just have the rest of the year to fulfill my book illusion from last time, which is to black out the entire card. So. That's awesome. I'm really Very excited cool. about it, and yeah. What about you, Mayor?
3: Um, yeah, I'm doing well. I I don't really have anything special to report. I don't think, but I'm doing good.
1: Awesome.
0: Sometimes that's the best. It's like my life is just good right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know those days.
1: Is <laughs> <laughs> They'll come back.
0: Yep. Everything is stable. Yes. Exactly. <laughs>
1: I just had the Lego song stuck in my head now.
0: Everything is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> much. Yep. So, anyways, I'm glad everybody's doing well. That's good, because, you know, life happens sometimes.
1: <laughs> it does, including book club life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which includes yeah. why we're doing a throwback. Exactly. Oh, um, but
0: before we get to that, uh, what are oh. we reading now? Um, I know we're reading some interesting things besides the one big, the book.
1: <laughs> no, no, that's pretty much what I'm reading. <laughs> I'm pretty much reading Anna Karenina. <laughs> um, and then a whole bunch of other little things, but mostly Anna Karenina. Mm-hmm. It's taking forever. It's a, it's a thick book.
3: <laughs> it's, it, it's a hefty read, that's mm-hmm. for sure.
2: Yeah. What I've been finding, though, is, I don't know about the editions you guys have, but in my edition, like, the chapters are... Like they're only one to two pages long. Like they're fairly short chapters, anyways. But the volume that I have makes it every one of them like one to two pages long. Like maybe five is like a long chapter, and that's been very helpful because I'm like, okay, I just have to read a few chapters, and it's not that many pages at a time. Mm, and okay. doing that, like I managed to go through the first two hundred pages in less than a week. Well, that's which is cool. Not, not bad. So like, if you look yeah, at it that's that good. way.
3: Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, at least because I'm reading it on my Kindle, so it'll be like, you know, three minutes left
1: in this chapter. I'm like, okay,
0: I can yeah, do this. I do the same thing. <laughs> but then so I look at say... you're like,
1: but when you look at your percent done after that, and you're like, I've moved one percent <laughs> in an hour. It's just so depressing. It is. <laughs> That's why no, I, I think the that.
2: paper book kind of gives me an advantage in this one because mm. all I can see is that my bookmark it has more pages behind it. That's yeah. true. Like, I get that. That's
0: true. You just kind of have to ignore the percentage at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if well, you're reading and, it on e-books.
2: And doing it that way, like, I was surprised because I got to that 200 pages was, like, 20% of the book. And I was like, hey, that's cool. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I did not realize I was that far in. I thought I was going to be at, like, 10%, 15%. So. That's great.
1: Yeah,
3: that's nice. I mean, for whatever reason, the, the kind that I have on Kindle, it doesn't actually have Page numbers—it's just like location number, which doesn't Mm -hmm. really mean anything. Same. But I'm—I'm almost forty percent through, is what my Kindle is saying. So I don't know how many pages that is. But I'm like, all right, that's that's decent. Hopefully, I can get through the rest of it in February.
0: That's great. Oh, you will. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, what else are we reading besides Anna Karenina? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I'm
2: reading also Animal Vegetable Miracle because that's. Books about food is one of our book bingo categories. And that's by Barbara Kingsolver. And she is in this book, it's a story about like how her family decided to leave um, where they lived in Arizona, I think it was, and drive all the way across the country to her husband's farm and try and like feed themselves for a year. Hmm. And Hmm. it's not quite what I expected so far, but it's kind of interesting. Like, I thought it was going to be more of a memoir, and it's a lot about, um, like, environmental stuff. Like, do you know that, you know, this many gallons of gas are, these many, this many gallons of gas are used to transport food across the country, and by feeding yourself you save this much gas. Like, stuff like that. Oh, interesting. Like, there's a lot of, um, interesting information and science in there, and then she's got um, like essays from her daughter and her husband included. That are like, hey, here's more facts and more science. Or her daughter's like, here's a meal plan that I came up with using asparagus hmm. as one of the sides or something like that. So, it's kind of neat. Interesting. Yeah. How about uh, how about you, Tara? What else are you reading, or just
1: Anacronida? <laughs> I mean, mostly. Mostly Anna I, I did just start the three-body problem, which is supposedly an amazing sci-fi novel right out of China. Like, by just starting, me mean I read, like, the first two sentences of it. <laughs> but, like, it's just super highly recommended. The translation is supposed to be awesome. Um, it's a trilogy, and the third book either just came out or is about to come out. Um, so I'm excited to see... Excited to see how it goes. Um, for book bingo, I'm also reading the uh, Neil Gaiman short story book. Um, mm. Trigger warning for the multiple yeah. POV category. So, oh, okay, yeah, should be good.
0: I I read I borrowed it from the library, the actual book. So I actually didn't finish it because I had to return it.
1: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, so
0: I'll I'll have to get back to it again because a lot some of the stories that I read so far were pretty good.
1: Well, what else are
0: you reading, Sue? Um, I am reading *Jacoby* by William Ritter, Mm -hmm. and this is touted as a mesh between Doctor Who and Sherlock Holmes.
1: Interesting.
0: Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Like what? Yeah, it's it's young adult. Perks up. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) It's young adult, um, but it's um, this narrated by the female protagonist, the assistant. Um, Shoot, and her, her first name is like drawing a blank to me now, but her last name is Rook. Um, nice.
1: And she
0: comes over from England, and she meets Jacoby, who is a detective for supernatural things that are going on. And um, I am a quarter of the way through, and I can definitely see why people think this is a mesh between Doctor Who and Sherlock, because... It, you know, there's the detective and the assistant, obviously, and the mystery and things things like that. Um, and the who aspect is his personality is very much like David Tennant's 10. Uh, okay. And it deals with, like, supernatural things. I mean, not necessarily, like... Aliens. Yeah, aliens. But, you know, not earthly things, I guess would okay. be a good way to put it. Um, So, so far, it's pretty good. It's really amusing. Um, fun, quippy stuff that's in it so far. So I'm liking it. It's good. It's a quick read, too. So it it helps with my lack of attention spin at the moment. (laughs) What about you, Mayor?
3: Well, other than Anna Karenina, I am about halfway through The Paper Magician by Charlie N. Holmberg. And so far, it's pretty good. Um, It's kind of at a strange point in the book. Uh, I think, Susan, have you read the book? I did. The the first book? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I'm about halfway through. I'm using it for one of the book bingo uh, categories. So, so far so good. And we'll see how the rest of it goes. I I ended up getting the whole trilogy on Kindle because uh, I think about a week ago it was... All three of them were on sale for just under $6. So I was like, man, I missed that. (laughs) Why why didn't you tell me? I'm sorry. I I saw it the night before it ended and I was like, oh, crap. Uh, So I I grabbed it real quick. I was Mm -hmm. like, "Eh, even if they're not that great, it's still what I would have paid for the first book. Right, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, they were
2: like two bucks each. Um, Yeah, I think
0: it's a trilogy. Oh, my
2: God. Jeanette, you knew too? Y'all failed at at informing us of these things. So just random insert, like, if you... Have you guys heard of BookBub? Yes. Okay.
0: I, I'm, I'm subscribed to it.
1: No, okay, and again,
2: failing so, me. <laughs> so there are a couple of other things like BookBub, too. BookBub is a daily newsletter um, that comes out every day, and it tells you what's, like, free or cheap on Kindle, and usually most things are, like, $2. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> so... Um, and they'll email you every single day, and there's another one called Reading Deals, Book Riot also has one, and then Amazon, I think, caught on to the fact that everybody's, like, doing this, because now they have one, too. And it was one of those newsletters, I think it was actually Amazon's newsletter itself, that um, alerted me to the fact, because I had already gotten the Paper Magician at another sale, like, when they were doing it, and mm. then they did it again, but with the whole trilogy um, not long back. So yeah. I would it's- suggest everybody subscribe to all those sites, and I'll put them in the show notes, so. Yeah, I think Sweet. we
0: have the first two books and I'm missing the third one. But I haven't even read the second one yet, so there's no rush. Yeah. Uh, that's very
3: good to know yeah, because yeah. what we need to do is spend more money on books. I-
2: <laughs> well, this is how I spend less money on books. Yeah, because that's true. instead of buying books that, you know, are seven, eight, ten, twenty dollars at Barnes and Noble or Amazon or anywhere, like I end up waiting until they're on sale. And I get a lot of books like that. Yeah. And that's how I got Paper Magician. And that's also how I got um, a couple of other books, which I've read recently and talked about on previous podcasts. So
1: yeah. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I need more books on my Kindle or more books in my library that I haven't read. So <laughs> bring, it <on. laughs> bring
2: it on. Well, what's also cool about it is like sometimes just looking at it, you'll see something like, okay, I've never heard of that book, but the cover or the description looks interesting. So... I've gotten a couple of weird books that I
0: will yeah, I take forever like, to get to, but I feel like you could be more adventurous yeah. without going to the library. <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty sweet. So Yeah.
3: Well, yeah. talking along with books and getting more books that we haven't read. <laughs> February is all, always an exciting month for Us, because we start our new book bingo game every February. Yes, yes. (laughs) This is our third year doing it. And I believe the first year, Jeanette, was it you that found the book bingo, like a pre-made one on a, was it like a scholastic website or? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was on um, Random House, I believe. Random House. Okay, there we go. And it looked really cool. And so the past two years, we've kind of taken that idea and changed the different categories around to you know keep things fresh and and you know try to read new things but basically the idea is we have a bingo card so there's 25 squares with a free square in the middle so in the end if you black out the whole card you've read 24 books which is pretty awesome and so each square is a different category like maybe um like Jeanette was saying she's reading one for books that deal with food we have one that is a memoir. We have one that is, you know, a female protagonist. So you can have a lot of fun creating your own different categories. And basically the rules are, you ha- it has to be a book that you've never read before, and the book can only count for one square. So even if it might be a book about food that also has a female protagonist, sorry, you can only count it for one. And as you go along, we have different challenges where as we've heard Tara was a crazy fast reader how quickly did you get what? the first line of bingo
1: tara um 23 hours like just over 23 hours so you read four four books then right yeah in just yeah. wow four, four books in That's in a day pretty nuts. i think and so too right? <laughs> the last 16 pages were literally painful <laughs> and i mean that like i was like no i have to finish it. were your eyes watering because oh i kept like turning away from the book mino kept just my husband kept being like just put it down i'm like no no i'm almost there have gotta i've gotta power through there's nobody competitive um. in this contest no 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 no
0: not, no, not, no. All. No, not no. at all we have like some
3: serious competitive readers in our group. That's yeah,
2: for sure. Sure do. <laughs> so, like this year, I'm have t- never been taking a um, a class at the same time that we've been doing book bingo before. And this year is my first time. And I seriously had to have a talk with myself. Like I sat myself down and read myself out. And I, <laughs> um, because I realized that there's no way that I was going to win around this year. Mm-hmm. And I and I was like, you you just can't you cannot fit in reading for school and working full time and reading twenty four books in like two weeks or whatever. Michelle did it in last year. I think it was three yeah, and but a half weeks.
1: Michelle won the second challenge. Congratulations, Michelle! Yay! she did. Yeah. So yep. so that means you know it's open game. No one right. reads as fast as Michelle for as long as Michelle can read. I mean,
3: <laughs> it's impressive. It, um, it is quite impressive, but it and does it are, open
2: last year. Michelle and I were within, like, two books of each other until we got to, I think, like, the last line. Mm. And then she hit the last line before I did, and I think I kind of slowed down. I was like, I think I'm out of this. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll get second place, no biggie. Yep. But, like, this year I was like, you know what? You you just can't do it. You don't have time. And I I, I had to – it was very, very hard, guys. I I made
1: myself very sad. <laughs> Aww. Aww. See, that, but- that, that's the exact same reason I went hard on the first line. I'm like, if I'm, there's no chance I will win either of the other two, given my current, like, life schedule from here until eternity. And I'm like, all right, so it's either the first 24 hours or nothing. Well, <laughs> yeah. I know what I'm doing. It's like yeah. your own personal marathon. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But next year, I have pledged, I'm going to go for the blackout. So I'll take it a little bit slower, more you know, tortoise than hare scenario. <laughs> nice, that's a good idea. No,
2: that is. Now just you gotta set just,
1: goals. Mm-hmm. Just for our listeners that
3: don't know all the rules that we're talking about, pretty much we have three rounds, and we decided this year that one person could only win one round, just yeah. to give other people a chance to try to win. So the first round that Tara won was blacking out one full line so four to five books depending on which line on the card you choose and mm-hmm. then the next round would be intersecting two lines so at, at eight, a 90 degree angle yes that at a 90 degree angle. angle that was that was a source of contention yeah <laughs> 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 and then it's and then the last round would be to see whoever can finish all 24 the fastest yeah. so it's it's i it, it amazes me every year how quickly some of you can read i'm like i said i'm halfway
1: through one book and i'm like Yay me! Yeah, <laughs> no, that's awesome. I'm right I mean, there with you, Meredith. <laughs> the actual point of Book Bingo is to get you reading more and more out of your comfort zone. Yes, exactly. It is.
3: It's it's a good way, and it's also fun to see. Maybe you know, you go through your huge list of to be read on GoodRead and see mm-hmm. what you can fit into what categories that you've you know you've been meaning to read anyway. Or yeah, it's a good way to branch out into a genre maybe you don't normally read. And mm-hmm. I know actually, what's good for uh, at least Tara and myself, I know we made the, the pledge that we were going to read more nonfiction this year. So there's, I think, at least three different type of nonfiction categories. Three to
2: four on depending, I think, yeah. I think there's four. technically. Yeah,
1: I, I think I heard four. Which is just, I said two. I said I'd read two mo- two nonfictions this year. Now, <sighs> the other, the, the other uh, book illusion is just sort of like, okay, well, I guess now I'm reading four.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think so we have, this year, we have a, just a regular book of nonfiction. Yep. We have Memoirs. Um, LGBT nonfiction. We have a memoir. Right. And there's book a of book letters. of letters. Which, yeah. And the letters have to be nonfiction. So. Yeah,
1: they do. Mm-hmm. Sorry.
2: So that's four out of the 24, which is that's a, good a chunk. lot, actually.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And so what we're going to do for our listeners, we made a PDF version of our card. And we're going to put it on our Goodreads page. And I'm not sure. Are we able to put it on the show notes, too? Not uh, sure how that works.
0: I don't know, but we can definitely put a link. to Yeah, the, I'm sure we can link the image. We'll there, there we go.
3: That, so. so if you want to play along at home or at least just see what the heck we're talking about, <laughs> you can take a look.
1: Perfect. And I also want to give a big shout out uh, to Scott McCloud, who's probably not going to listen to this, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, for listening to last month's podcast where we did a review yay. on The Sculptor, Woo. which yay. I both find awesome and terribly embarrassing. But thank you for listening. And I got to ask him a few questions on Twitter, too, about the book. And he was just really, really cool. So, yay. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. That was pretty amazing.
0: So, yeah, it was really interesting was very to read cool. the conversation you had.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm still, like, in my like, right now, I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe that happened, <laughs> sort of a thing. Um, but hey, wonders of the internet, am I right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. very cool. Internet is a magical place. <laughs> like, so, Tahiti. Uh.
2: like Tahiti.
1: It's like Tahiti. Yes, yes. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reference, for those of you who don't know. Okay, um... <laughs> So right before we jump into our main read, let us it would be remiss of us to not mention the most recent shows based off the books that we are reading. Because, well, this, this podcast specifically is doing Cassandra Clare's City of Bones, which has now been turned into an ongoing series called The Shadowhunters, as well as the book we very recently did, The Magicians, has been turned into a sci-fi show Atly name magicians. <laughs> <laughs> They're very creative here. They um, really are. <laughs> we've all watched at least the first episode of all of these shows, correct? Yes, yes,
3: yeah. yes. I am. I am up to date on all of them. Oh, okay. sweet! Me not, too. I am, I am not up not. to
1: date. I've watched
2: the first two of Shadowhunters and the first one of Magicians. Okay.
1: I mean, do we want to just take a quick poll? Who here likes which show more? Sure all right um i do
0: not like shadow hunters <laughs> it is but, bad <laughs> but do you like um magicians? But magicians i only watched the first episode um but it's it's good it's really well done so cool. i'm gonna i'm gonna keep going with the current ones that are on the sci-fi website so i, I like magicians better all right jeanette what do you think I will say that even having promised to keep an
2: open mind, which I really did, guys, and I even promised to watch the first three episodes of Shadowhunters, <laughs> um, I've got one more to go. Um, even having promised to keep an open mind, I like The Magicians pretty much like 100% more than I like Shadowhunters. Yep. And there's still, you know, there's still a lot missing in The Magicians' pilot, like a lot they have to build up, and there are, you know, some changes and stuff, and I'm not really crazy when people change things from the books if they do it for a good reason. But The Magicians so far is just a much better show in my opinion. So it's yeah.
3: the one I like better. Alright, Mayor? I, I agree. I mean in general The Magicians is just a better show. Uh they both veer off greatly from the books. Uh but yeah, the I, I do prefer the Magicians, but to be fair I just got through last night I watched the what is it the 4th episode the 4th episode yeah, the 4th yeah. em- episode of Shadow Hunters and the 3rd episode of Magicians so the 4th episode of the Shadow Hunters is better It is it's, It is better than the first 3 <laughs> But that doesn't take much.
2: Yeah, like, no, no, it's not, that's true. Not I could much. read the book aloud in a monotone voice for 45 minutes and it would be a better show <laughs> oh, no, that's, than The Shaggy's
1: oh, oh, That's really harsh. That's really harsh. All right, okay. I, I also prefer oh. The Magicians. It's a very solid show. I really love seeing Julia's plotline. I really love Elliot in it. And they're really going hard on Elliot's crush on Q, which they do only subtly reference in the books. Like if you don't want to see it, it's not there. And they're like much more open about that. I feel like in the show, which I think gives a better idea of how the characters are going to end up if doing what they do. Um, yeah. But we'll, but we'll kind of see where they take it. Right. I, I am,
3: I'm, I am excited too, that they're starting right away with Julia's storyline. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and I guess, Tara, you're the only one. I don't want to, it might sound kind of cryptic because I don't want to give things away. But I don't really know where they're going with Alice's storyline. And I'm not that happy with it right now.
1: You know, oh, no. but I, I feel Alice. like, I feel like Alice, this, like, we had this background of Alice. Alice was sort of this, like, in the books, you don't actually get a ton of her. Um, and, like, her feelings, like, you get these, moments where she sort of like mind dumps on you or verb has verbal dumps on you about like where she's gone and what she's doing. And she has a much more active role in those things in the show, which I get is a huge change, but I'm not sure it's unwelcomed for me. I think it's, I I, I think they're hinting a lot that, well, I can't tell. I can't tell if the other magician that is referenced by Jane in episode one is Alice or Penny. I think it's Alice, but I can't tell. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see that there is sort of this, like, bigger mystery that they're very clear is happening in the show, which I am liking. Yeah,
2: I think what's good about the show from the pilot, I'm going to speak to the pilot, especially if people haven't watched further yet, um, but... um I think what's good about it is that they're setting up that there is a larger world. And I think they do a really good job at this, which not a lot of shows do. They're setting up there's a larger world, there's a larger plot line, there's a larger mystery at hand. And this is all you need to know for right now is who this character is and that he's being introduced to this world. And this is what he's going to learn today. And I think that was really, really great because sometimes shows try to do too little and you're like, why am I watching this show? It's boring. Or they try and do too much, which I think is the problem that Shadowhunters Mm -hmm. has. In the first plot, in the first episode, the plot was everywhere and Mm -hmm. it wasn't, nothing came out clear because it was everywhere and it was almost, you know too fast-paced with not very much happening.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I... Not a lot I, of
2: meat, I
3: guess. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. And they're trying to move too quickly through things, and they're not explaining things well. Like, I understood things, like, what they were saying and where things were going in the pilot, because I had read the books, and I don't know if... There, there are some of those things that they're ever going to go back and really fix explain for mm-hmm. people who haven't read the books, who are just watching the show, or if they're deliberately not explaining it because it's going to be different from the way it was in the book.
1: So what I will say is what I would have said about the first three episodes, which I think has changed a little bit since I've seen episode four, is that what the show was inherently lacking in comparison, to the books was the pacing and humor. Like, in a lot of ways, you know, the shadow hunters are Buffy like kids. They're quippy. They're funny. They, they have these great one-liners. They still have these like touching moments. And in the first three episodes, you don't get a ton of that. It's just really drama all the time. Except for Izzy sometimes, Um, but (laughs) mostly drama all the time. Um, And in episode four, Magnus Bane is in it, like, probably 70% of the time. And that changes the entire dynamic.
0: But see, that to me, that doesn't make, mean the show's getting better. Like, one actor for one character does not make a good show. Well, you no, know? no, no, no.
1: It, it's not just the actor. You can see in other points in time... Um, for instance, I'm not giving anything away here. At one point, there's a battle. At one point, Jay saves Clary... You know, Clary's like, thanks for that. And Jace is like, "Anytime." time. Like, it's just like, there's the, it slowed down the pace and had a little bit of humor and, and just added a little bit there. And I see that starting to come in. So I'm going to give it a few more. I mean, listen, is it teen drama <laughs> fluff? So far, yes. But I know where this series goes. And I I have to believe they have a plan to elevate it in some way, shape, or form. So I'm going to give it a few more episodes before I'm just done. We can I, only hope.
2: <laughs> See, and I would agree with you, like, you know, the series does go great places, and you know, what makes it great is all that, like, humor and, you know, enjoying, like, the relationships between the characters and all of that. My problem is that I feel like the actors themselves, I don't think they're necessarily bad actors, though I don't like the way Clary runs. Like, I, 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 <laughs> no, and I, I'm sorry, I don't just... mean to offer, like, a personal criticism of the actress. I don't know her. She's probably a wonderful person and probably a wonderful actress, but she runs really weird. <laughs> um, and just, I don't know. Maybe that was just they didn't have enough room on the set or something like that. Um, anyways, but I don't think the actors are particularly bad actors or anything. I don't think the writing is very strong. Yeah. And I think that the actors don't have as much chemistry as they should have. Mm -hmm. And it was actually interesting watching them interact in the pilot, particularly that I felt like it brought out a lot of interesting relationship aspects of the book that I hadn't, I I guess I had taken for granted before. Like the fact is that the writing is weak and... So it doesn't portray Alec and Isabel the si- like as the same people as they are in the books, and I find them more likable in the books. And I'm not invested in their characters in the show because I don't like how they're written. and I don't feel like I, th- I mean I know that they're trying to build this relationship between Jason and Clary, and I feel like they have no chemistry. I feel like they should not even talk to each other.
1: Mayor, can we agree that in the pilot? There's some chemistry issues, but that gets worked out as the show goes on. It gets better. Um, yeah. The
3: chemistry is building between Jason, Clary. I think it's a mixture of subpar writing and subpar acting.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I have to. Agree in general,
3: that. and and to be fair, I wasn't expecting any award-winning writing or acting yeah. from a. F- free-form ABC family show. But you do <laughs> um,
2: have a good teen drama. There are plenty of good teen dramas out there. We've all watched them. We all love them. This is not a good teen drama. That's my all right, problem You're, with you're it. being very harsh on a pilot. No, you know? I've, I've seen the first two, and the second one was just as bad.
1: Uh, yeah, yep. the second one has some isialic issues. The second that one gets... has
2: a lot of issues. This, and the, <laughs> the like, and this is an example of like my problem with like the pacing and... Toward the end of the first episode, like Raphael just shows up out of nowhere and he's not introduced. He just grabs Simon and that's it. And they just drop him in there. And I'm like, you have no purpose here. And even in the second episode, they don't really explain it. They're just like, yeah, we were here and we saw him. So we took him like there's no purpose in the storytelling. It's just we want to throw in as much stuff, as much cool stuff as quickly as possible.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. I mm-hmm. think it could be done much better than it has been. I'm still, uh, I'll still give it a few more episodes. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that it gets better. I don't yeah. know if that's false hope, but <laughs> I mean, um, I... but at least the the magicians is solid. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm also having to accept the fact that it's not going to be like the book really at all, and I'm yeah. okay with that. Oh yeah, because. You know, we all kind of had mixed feelings, at least on the first book of the trilogy. And so far, I don't hate Quentin. So that's cool.
1: <laughs> I did not want to punch him in the face. That's true. Isn't that great? Well, I'm really impressed that they open up with him in a mental institute. And I wanted mm-hmm. to bring that up, and I totally forgot to, like, that they're yes. very clear that Quentin is not stable. Mm-hmm. And that they're very clear, like, magicians in general are typically not stable.
2: But are they, and I don't know if this gets explained more later, but are they saying that magicians are not stable? Or are they saying that Quentin was viewed as not stable because he is a magician? And really, he's stable, he's just a magician.
1: Well, remember, he checks himself in. He does it because he's so very depressed that he's afraid for himself, so he he no one checked him in that weekend. Right. In the very but, first episode, he checks himself in, and the reason why he's depressed and all these things is because he's always felt. What they're saying is he's always felt like he's not a part of that world, and now that he's found his world, um, like this is where he belongs, and he feels much better. Um, right. They and that's do what go I'm into asking. that. That's yeah. That's what I'm asking I,
2: is if, because in that sense they're implying that now that he's found his life as a magician he's going to be stable and he's going to be fine which oh, means he I, wasn't really mentally ill to begin with and that's what i'm curious about are they saying he does have mental issues or are they saying that his mental issues were caused by
3: not knowing that he was a magician i, think, I think they're think going the implications to delve are different. from uh, tara did you see at the end of the episode they showed some clips for the next the i guess what I, would did, the I did i yeah, did yeah it looks like they're going to delve into that
1: So I I don't think they I don't think that they're saying like straight up like he only had mental issues because he was a magician and didn't know it. I think they are I think what they tried to say in the beginning was we hope that you knowing this makes you a little bit better. Um, I do think they're going to go into his bigger issues as a whole.
2: Okay. Because the implications are different there and I'm not sure I like where one would go.
1: I get that. I get that. Yeah, that's fair. All That's right, so cool. now that we've burned the Shadowhunter, the series, do we want to talk about the book?
0: <laughs> sure. Well, the book is definitely better than the series, it or the is. TV show, so...
1: <laughs> well,
0: the book, the first book in the
2: Shadowhunters series, which is actually called the Mortal Instruments series, um, the first book is called City of Bones, and it is by Cassandra Clare, who actually makes a very big point of saying as often as possible on her like Twitter and blog and everything that she is not to blame for the Hunter series though she does not phrase it in those words. That's what I'm reading into her blog post <laughs> on the show which I'll include in the show notes. So she's not to blame for that because she wrote a really good book and her book is about a girl <laughs> named Clary who um, starts, it starts out and Clary is um, having a fight with her mom but she's pretty much a normal New York teenager with a best friend named Simon who is secretly in love with her and she, when her mom is kidnapped, uh, Clary finds out that there is a whole underground world that she did not know about, full of fairies and demons and vampires and warlocks and werewolves. And did I miss anything? There's a lot of stuff, guys. <laughs> and Clary's actually part shadow hunter in some way. And this was a secret world that her mother was keeping from her and she meets Jace, who introduces her to the world and how her life could be if she were a shadow hunter. And this is not our first time reading this book, at least it's not for me, Terrence, Susan, was it for you, Meredith? It was the second time that I read this book,
3: but I've only read this book of the okay. series.
2: Mm, and that's okay. what I had thought. So the rest of us had read this a long time ago. This is actually the second book we ever read for book club.
1: And oh my that, god is really that it? was. Yeah, yeah it really is it, was it that long ago yep it
0: was yeah, oh my was god this was Susan's very
2: first pick because yep, the first one, one
0: was uh the importance of being earnest
1: being earnest then it was this and then it was sons and lovers mm-hmm. oh my god oh my god yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so this is the very the second book we ever read and then most of us went on to finish at least the first trilogy, and there's a second trilogy that's part of the series. Yes. I have read everything. <laughs> yes, I have not read past book five in the series, but for our listeners who have not read more than City of Bones, like if you're reading along with a podcast, you may not have gone and read the rest of the series, and that's fine. And for Meredith, too, who probably doesn't want spoilers, I'm going no, please. to say let's not touch on any of the rest of the series except City of Bones, and that's going to be really hard because important things happen in City of Ashes and mm-hmm. City, of, City of Glass that are really, really important to the plot, and I had thought they were in this first book, and they're not.
1: I know, right? So, I, having <laughs> reread this, I was like, this isn't in the movie, I mean, yeah. this isn't in the book, that's a problem. <laughs> and then, I was really hard to um,
2: find discussion points without mm-hmm. kind of hinting at what happens and mm. stuff like that. So, we're going to try really, really hard guys. And I'm sorry if we accidentally spoil anything, but we're only going to focus on city
1: of bones. Can I quickly say before we like have a, you know, do not talk about the other books real fast. Is that no? you may not talk about the rest of the books, but, (laughs) but that they're so good. And like the rest of the series is really good. And the prequel series, the infernal devices is possibly better. And (laughs) I, sorry, sorry, Clary. Um, I love this world. And, um, the entire thing is just very, very good, and if you like this, you should really um, keep on because as good as the first book is, the rest of the series is honest to God better um, so yeah, that's it. I no would more.
2: agree that the Infernal Devices is definitely my preferred series, and um, I do think the the books do tend to get better as they go along with a few like exceptions, like from book to book, like point wise but no, it's a good, it's a good series. And actually, well, we'll get into that. But what was one thing that stood out to you in
0: this book?
1: This question's so hard. How,
0: how um, quickly I got immersed into the world. Um, the way Cassandra Clare just kind of wrote things, you just kind of dove right in and you were just part of Clary's adventure, you know, like it didn't feel clunky or anything that makes sense <laughs> no that makes perfect
2: sense I agree
1: what about I, you Meredith oh go ahead Tara um in my reread what really stuck out to me was funny enough how much of a bitch Clary was to Isabel but how much of not a bitch the pretty hot girl was to Clary mm. like I found Isabel was genuinely Pretty nice and straightforward, and not playing games. But Clary just has this giant bias towards Isabel because of how she looks, and I found that to be like a really realistic and b refreshing that it wasn't like the hot girl who was having the problem with the you know Clary's gorgeous, but she doesn't think so. You know, with the with the not so hot girl, I I thought it was an interesting twist that I didn't remember because that. I just had I just didn't remember that was in the first book so I, that stood out to me and I thought that was just kind of interesting
2: hmm, that is interesting mm-hmm. what about you Meredith
3: mm, I mean I would I would agree I think with Susan and Tara I think it had been a while since I had read this first book and I think when I originally read it I was kind of overwhelmed by how many books there were but I think now that I've reread it I'm going to keep going with it because I did enjoy yes. it and I'm I'm interested to see where we go in this world.
2: Okay. Yeah. I I would agree with that. Like it is I think what stood stood out to me the first time and again this time Reading it was how well um, Cassandra Clare builds this world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of these elements are found in books pretty much everywhere, all the time, especially nowadays. You know, the vampires, werewolves, fairies, whatever. Um, and she does a really great job, I think, of um, building the world so it still feels real and it still feels like you're exploring something new.
1: She does. Um, She often says in her interviews that the city in which the book takes place for her is like another character for the book. I think that's really clear that New York is such a character of this book. And it's so clean, the like world she builds. I think it's really cool. I totally agree. Yeah.
2: And I thought, and I think it was interesting because like, we were talking about the show and how the show's a teen drama and how you expect a teen drama to be not good. And when I – I think I watched the first episode and then I went and I read the book and I was like, but actually the writing in this book is pretty solid. Like, it's yeah. not – it's not, you know – it's not, like, going to be, like, whatever, like, a Nobel Prize winner. I believe it was her first full novel, but – It was. It was. Um yeah. You know, you wouldn't expect that to be, like, a Nobel Prize winner, like, a, somebody's first novel, necessarily. But I think the writing's very solid. I think the
3: world-building is very solid. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it was a, it's a solid first novel, especially if it's the first novel she's ever written,
1: you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, well um, she's yeah. written novel-length works before, but they were fan works, fan fiction. Um, before she did this, right. um, but this was her first like published novel, yeah. and
2: her first original
1: novel, and yeah, first first original. I novel. mean,
2: and that's you know, it's much harder to build something of your own than it is to take something you already love and just love it more. Yep. You know. Yeah. Um. So I was. I was really happy with that. Um. I'm gonna go back to something that you said, Tara, before I go on to my next discussion point, because I think it's interesting that you find that Clary is more of a jerk to Isabel than Isabel is more is a jerk to Clary because I actually think both girls are very wary of each other. I don't think they're necessarily mean to each other, although Clary does think some like thoughts that are like, "I can't believe this pretty girl is like acting the way she is, or is she really caring about my friend or whatever. I thought that like her thoughts were a little harsher, but I think her actions are actually pretty neutral. Like I felt like they were kind of circling each other, and Jace well, does make mention of that. Um, that like uh, Isabel's not used to being around other girls. Like, did sure. you think there was? Um, did you guys think that there was an antagonistic relationship between Isabel and Clary?
1: I don't think. I think Isabel. I think you hit it on the head. I think Isabel is wary of Clary because she isn't used to having other girls in the house. I mean. She has had no other girls her age around her ever. Um, So I think she is wary of Clary. I think that's more correct. I think, and maybe this is because we do have Clary's perspective, um, but the way she reacts, not only to Isabel or in her own mind, but the way she talks about Isabel to Simon, I think is clearly antagonistic in comparison to the actions we see from Isabel.
3: I mean, I'd say it it definitely starts out as kind of a a hostile relationship on both ends. Uh, Yeah, they're kind of feeling each other out. And it gets better as the book goes on. I think think some of it is Isabel doesn't really respect Clary in the beginning. You know, because she's like, oh, well, you're just a mundane... Okay, well, actually, you're a shadow hunter, technically, but you don't have any training. And I think, you know, Clary is kind of having to prove herself as the book goes on. Yeah. And yeah, and I think Clary is definitely more on d- the defensive, especially once Simon comes in and is, and is enamored with <laughs> Isabel, which yeah. is understandable. I think that, you know, is going to get under some people's skin, you know, if it's your best friend and suddenly he's like, you know falling all over himself for a pretty girl and especially a pretty girl you don't trust
2: i think that would be very hard like any of my friends falling for somebody that i don't trust would be very hard for me
1: i just don't think that everything you said meredith is any different than how alec feels um you know she's she's a mundane all right she's a shadow hunter but she's still not trained i think these are just those feelings aren't you know, I, I guess cat fight. <laughs> I don't know what to say. But Alec does like... treat
2: Clary pretty terribly. Yeah, he's oh, like, no, really, really hostile.
1: Alec, Alec is by far worse than Izzy. Oh,
2: uh, yeah. he's
1: terrible. Yeah. Well, I, just, he's I, legit I can't jealous. stand jealous. His-
3: I cannot stand his character, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I get that he's super jealous.
1: It gets so much better. He does does get better. I love Alex so much,
3: and and that's (laughs) fine. But like I said, I've only read the first book, so that I don't have any other background other Mm -hmm. than he is a complete jerk and is just unnecessarily nasty to her.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, he is pretty, pretty much awful no reason I will say this by the way I forgot to say this when we're talking about the show the best part of the show to me is that Alec and Izzy and Simon look exactly the way I picture them in my head and so does Jocelyn okay (laughs) (laughs) um anyways what uh, what about you Susan
0: did you feel like there is um some antagonistic attitudes between uh the girls well sure I mean just like everybody said there's so many factors that go into this where they're hostile towards each other, you know, first and foremost, mistrust. They just don't trust each other, period. And they had different life experiences. Um, and then on Clary's end with Simon, of course, the you know, she's thinking, hey, I've been his best girlfriend for ages and ages, and all of a sudden, he's turning his attention to this, like, hot chick, you know? Of course, she's going to feel threatened, so. Um, but and i feel i feel like that's normal they they are 18 my god <laughs> they they're, they're
1: 15 they're 15 and 15, the i mean 15, yeah 15 16
0: that's right which is even worse. that range. yeah i was going to say they're in high school still Sorry. yeah they they up the age um, in the show yeah they're still in high school which is you know <laughs>
1: All no. hormones
0: and emotions, so everything <laughs> is that's just, not untrue everything is heightened already, so of course everything is just awful and terrible, and this person is awful and terrible um, when I, I my first impression when reading the book, I remember is like I hope this gets better, and I hope it just doesn't turn out to be like the typical
1: cat fight so but I don't think it is no. I think. I mean Isabel making the soup. I mean I just <laughs> there are moments for Isabel. I'm like you're genuinely trying, yes, and I so appreciate it so much. Well, that's what I mean. That's you're why it's not the typical door to you. <laughs> that's what's not the typical like cat yeah. You know, vying for everybody's attention type of thing. Right. How great is that soup scene, though? Like, Jace is, like, legitimately like, I don't care, you're trying to be nice, this is the worst thing you've ever done, why did you <laughs> ever cook? And everyone's like, please don't make us do this, and Clary's just like, uh. <laughs> so great. Yep. It is. Their
2: interactions with each other are actually pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they um, are. But anyways, going back to Clary, so Jocelyn, who is Clary's mother, decided to hide Clary from the Shadowhunter world for a number of reasons, including the fact that she was trying to hide herself from the Mm -hmm. world. Um, And she wanted to keep her daughter safe, you know, supposedly. Um, Do you agree with Jocelyn's decision to keep her daughter in the dark?
0: This happens so much (laughs) i was gonna say (laughs) and
2: and that's why like it stuck out to me because sometimes i feel like characters have really good reasons for it and sometimes i don't so mm -hmm. what do you guys think is this a valid is is this a valid decision this time
0: yes and no i feel like when it comes to family like i feel like you shouldn't leave your family members completely in the dark I think there could have been a way to kind of say, Hey, this is our family, but I don't think she necessarily had to tell her tell Clary every single gritty detail yeah, so i sorry
3: go ahead mary i I understand why she did it, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I agree with it, or maybe to like you know what Susan's saying to an extent, or maybe only when she was really young, you know, you know toddler. Early elementary school,
0: right?
3: Um, but I feel like by completely leaving her in the dark and taking all of her memories of this, she actually has made
1: her so much more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So, given that Jocelyn believes—and she does—believes that Valentine is alive, that—that that is the only tipping for me. Like, all right, she's trying to get away from the Shadow Hunters. Okay, she takes the Mortal Cup to keep it safe. Okay. She believes this really horrible person who is also her husband and also the father of this child and also willing to poison her with demon blood is alive. Um, I don't... I, all right. I see where she's coming from. And I guess I, I, I guess I agree with Meredith. I definitely think in the beginning she had to. And I think that's part of the arguments that Jocelyn is having with Luke. I think once she turned 12 on up they needed to start telling her what was going on and Jocelyn just keeps putting it off, keeps putting it off, keeps putting it off, and Luke's like you gotta gotta do this. <laughs> um so yeah. I think Jocelyn knew she was just so afraid of what would happen and yeah, it went to it, it went to bite her in the I mean it's a Dumbledore the effect, you know?
0: <laughs> I like that, the Dumbledore <laughs> it effect. <is> the Dumbledore <laughs> effect. Yeah, and the thing is is like I feel like if Clary had some sort of knowledge, then she would have been able to kind of be more prepared and be a little cautious when she goes out than just being like la-di-da I know nothing and then this you know terrible thing happens and I have no idea what's going on I'm going to be thrown into everything right yeah
2: and I you know what stood out to me about it was that because I agree with you guys that um Jocelyn should have at least told her a little bit should have at least been like um So this exists and blah, 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 and you can see it, but other people can't. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what stood out to me was that it does actually, you know, besides the whole, you know, now puts Clary's life in danger because she doesn't know how to do anything and she doesn't know things are coming after her. But it does put a distance between Clary and her mother in the sense that even Simon has noticed, hey, your mom has some, like, Funny scars on her body and stuff like that. And Clary has no idea what she's talking what he's talking about. And then later when she regains her ability to see things like that, like she remembers the scars and it's it's like how heartbreaking must it be that something that's visible to everybody else was a secret between you and between you and your mother.
3: Right.
1: I think, you know, this is a part of being a shadow hunter. I think Jocelyn saw that as a sacrifice she had to make and shadow hunters are very good at really making that black and white call
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know as hard as it is for them you know they're willing to do whatever they can do to save whoever they want to save so I think that's just it's terrible and for us Mondays <laughs> you know heartbreaking but I think for Jocelyn for her that was just a necessary sacrifice
2: well i think and for clary it's very heartbreaking too because it was one of those roadblocks yeah there's going to be roadblocks between a parent and a child in certain ways anyways but i think it's a roadblock that that particular roadblock was unnecessary mm-hmm. and i think that was very hurtful to her no yep. um and this kind of leads into the next thing that i was gonna ask is that you know claire says that she always felt like there was something wrong with her in her life and she never fit in now is this her being like a dramatic teenager and just being like oh the typical adolescent feelings like i don't fit in or oh, uh, and she's kind of reimagining that um or reinterpreting it now that she knows about the shadow hunter world or is it do you think it's accurate do you think that this is real distance and real um feelings of inadequacy or you know lack of belonging that has been created in her life,
1: I think it has to do with the spell mm-hmm. so I, I think had she grown up outside the shadow hunter world um and did not um but but was not spelled upon it this it, it wouldn't be the same but i I think she mostly feels like she has these memories that don't always. Makes sense, and as a young adult, you just think, "Oh well, I just remember it wrong," or "Oh well, you know, you know, memories fade." All these different things happen, Um, but yeah, I think I think has to do with the spell.
3: I agree too, Uh, because what does Magnus Bane say? He says like they had they had to come every was it two years? Yeah, every two. So you know, as it's wearing off, she starts getting bits and pieces of things and and yeah i think that would be a little jarring to have these kind of weird memories that you don't quite remember that don't quite make sense and yeah and 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 sure some of it might be that she's you know 15 and all of that but i think it's really more to do with her her individual situation than just being a 15 year old girl
0: yeah i think her lack of memories kind of just enhances the the lost feeling like something wrong Like, I don't... Because I think... If she was just going through, you know, typical puberty type of stuff... um, I don't know, you just feel weird, you know? Like... (laughs) (laughs) that is accurate that is basically how I felt as a teenager yeah I felt weird like (laughs) your body's all funky looking and (laughs) your emotions you know all over the place so I think I mean that's already jarring as it is but then on like I think the having your memories just kind of enhance that so I think it's a bit of both um with with in her situation that's fair and you know
2: having, you know, having that spell on her is, you know, was probably a hard decision on her mother's part, and, you know, it was done to protect her, and as Tara touched on, you know, shadow hunters have to make hard decisions mm-hmm. uh, to protect people, um, particularly mundanes, that is kind of their job, as they protect mundanes, but they don't seem to like, really respect them, which you guys also mentioned.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, like, um, why do you think that it, like, why protect something that you don't respect? Or why, why have this, like, feeling of, like, no respect for something that you're sworn to protect? Like, why is that I so mean, complicated?
1: It's the natural, I don't think it's disrespect. I think it's, um, I think it really stems from jealousy. That, you know, shadow hunters, they grow up, they train, they die young. You know, and they die young for the natural born world. They say that all the time. Like that's why they don't have problems with warlocks and vampires and werewolves is because they're born in this world and mundane's humans are the main inhabitants of this world. And that is their job to protect that. And humans get to go around living their lives, not realizing what is happening and not caring that these people You know, die so young And I I don't think it's disrespect as much as it is You know inherent amount of jealousy Um And I don't, honestly don't Especially for young 15 year old shadow hunters Who, you know Are sort of dealing with their own Ideas of mortality and immortality And, you know That's the age you're supposed to think that you can live forever And these kids Don't think they can live forever Um No, I just think it has to do with that, Hmm. with anything.
0: That's interesting. I was thinking that they just needed the human race to be alive so they can actually, you know make more shadow hunters. <laughs> this is shadow hunter Darwinism. Pretty much. <laughs> we need to survive. <laughs> you sound a, you sound a bit like Valentine right now, so <laughs> <laughs> listen, there's a reason I took a lot of biology classes. Because <laughs> that's where my brain went. <laughs> um, they just needed, you know, diversity in their gene pool. So they needed to protect the stock. <laughs> Oh
1: Jesus! Okay, wow. Yeah, no. Officially Valentine. <laughs> officially Valentine. I think. Um, but are you part
0: of the circle? Uh, no. <laughs> that we know. Are, are. you sure? <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons. Like, I mean, they do have to, you know, make sure they have have diversity, or else you know shadow hunters would die out. I mean, isn't that one of the reasons why? Ballantyne, the mortal cup. Yeah, the mortal cup was yeah. being sought after. Um, they didn't have to really worry about that. Um, but... Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess th- being a shadow hunter is somewhat of, of a thankless job yeah. because the humans or mundanes don't even know what's going on. But it still seems like that they also think that they're better mm-hmm. than humans. You oh, know? sure. So, like, oh,
1: oh, you stupid mundies. Yeah,
3: you,
1: know. you don't know anything. Um, right. Well, they know what's going on and they have magic powers, so I mean... <laughs> It's like how wizards think they're better than my book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's very similar situation. Um, just to touch ba- back on what Susan said um, in a offshoot book called uh, "The Shadow Hunter Academy." I think that's what it's called. Um, it's a book of short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually talk a lot about mundanes becoming shadow hunters, and it's a very small amount of people. Right. Like, who who go through this process every year, or who eventually can go through the process, or who can survive the process. Um, so in that way, like, it's not like they have a rich livestock that they reap every year and are in <laughs> that's terrible, no, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like, you know, it, it, it's like 10 people, <laughs> or, so- or less a year, or something like that.
2: Yeah, well, um, they say in this book, actually, like, if you aren't strong enough to drink from the mortal cup, you'll turn to a
0: forsaken. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, protecting the human. I mean, they are shadow hunters, but they are also, you know, people, you know, <laughs> so they had to protect the society that they are part of, even, you know, though it's behind the scenes, that type of thing to help the world go around. This type, I mean, this type of situation is always hard. Like you mentioned with the muggles and, and the wizards is another situation like that, you know? It's like, why do you want to help these people? They're humans, you look down on them, you don't see them as anything important, yet you protect them. Why? Well, um, aside from having diversity, like it's just, it's, it's what you do. You need to protect the human race to keep going <laughs> for society's sake.
1: It's a part of the religion, too. Mm-hmm. Shadow hunters are a race and a religion, um, and it's a part of their code and creed. Yep. And Angel Raziel came down, gave Jonathan Shadowhunter a bunch of stuff, and said, "Here, protect everyone." Yeah. And
2: yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we're gonna run out of time, so I'm gonna skip kind of um, my other questions, but I do have a question. As of this book, and this might be kind of hard for some of us to remember, but as of Mm -hmm. this book, it's very important to ask, Team Simon or Team Jace?
1: (laughs) Oh, why are you doing this? Really? Can we? I would rather talk about literally anything else other than this. Well, I'm very curious
2: Uh, to see where Meredith is because she hasn't finished the series.
3: Well, I mean, what am I supposed to think right now? (laughs) Like incest or not incest I- <laughs>
0: right right remember how this book That's ends? That's true. This, I, this book ends with I, the Okay, king. so up until
3: that point, up until
0: Valentine makes
2: his big reveal,
3: how did you feel about uh, up it? Up until Jace is her brother.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I which has got to be one of the most shocking, ballsy ends to a YA novel I've ever read, by the way. That is true. I want to give so much props and, to
0: that.
2: And for some reason there's, others, there's stuff that happens in City of Ashes, which I always think happens in City of Bones. And that reveal, I always feel like happens in City of Ashes, like in the beginning of City of Ashes. And I don't know why, <laughs> which is why I asked the question. But before that reveal,
3: <laughs> how did you feel, Meredith? Ugh, I, um, <laughs> they both, I don't know, there's both, there's good and bad ideas to either relationship i mean simon is super adorable and sweet and he's always been there for her. but you know jace is like this cool dashing new guy who's she's probably i mean that's going to be her world from here on out i mean she can't really go back to the way things were true and i don't know how well simon will fit into that world but i I'm very, I don't know, I'm very torn. I'm very confused at the end of this book. Because I would like to think that Jace isn't really her brother, but that's kind of what things are pointing towards. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. then that's just really awkward.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and I understand. Um, and I guess, well, before, let me ask you guys, uh, Susan and Tara, before the big reveal, how did you feel? Were you leaning towards Jace or leaning towards Simon? And I have a reason for asking this question.
1: That was literally seven years ago. This is so hard for me to remember. Um, um, I think I was team Simon. Yeah, I was team Simon for sure. I, think, I really
0: don't like Jace. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, like, yeah. like, still? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, man. I, I, like read, I read th- two, two, three books. I read the first three books. Right. Yeah, like I said, it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so, and I think I think I was still liking Simon more than Jace. I just don't like Jace.
2: Okay. Well, and that's fair. And the reason why I ask is because I remember, you know. I thought it was kind of like, you know, stereotypical teen drama, but teen romance-like. And I was like, but, you know, okay, fine. It'd be really cute for Clary and Jace to, like, suddenly make it work. Blah, blah, blah. You know, she brings him out of his shell. All the cute teenage stuff. And then the reveal happens, of course. Um, But rereading it this time, and this is what I was saying the TV show kind of brought out for me. Um, Reading it this time, Jace's initial interactions with... Um Clary involve a lot of like looking at her funny and yes. following her around. It does. It's very stalker. Did you find his initial interactions with Clary creepy? Is was gonna oh, yeah. be my final question.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean In the book. Um yeah. Yes. He follows her around and like disappears and reappears. And it's just like what are you doing? Yeah. I mean useful because he was there to save her from the <laughs> whatever demon but like
3: yeah yeah i think maybe he's also kind of intrigued by her i mean just like we were saying isabel hasn't grown up with any other girls around neither has jace really because he thinks of isabel more as a sister and so it's like hmm (laughs) this is a a, an attractive girl who can see me and see this shadowhunter world but you know so i think some of it might have been the intrigue.
0: Can you you be interested but not be creepy about it? Like, Yeah. Could you do that? (laughs) And here's the thing is
2: they make a point of, especially when they go to the restaurant, they make a point of saying, hey, you know, he's flirting with that girl. He flirts with all the girls, blah, 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 blah. Like they make it sound like Jace is a little bit of a um, womanizer, I guess. And I think that... um, uh, so I don't think that he's, like, not been around girls or not flirted with girls. Well, I, th- I think
1: he flirts with mundanes and fairies. Yeah, I think he... I don't know if that's the same thing to them.
2: Well... You know what I mean? We, you know, we don't know that. Like, we know very little. For all we know, he's flirting with other shadow hunters too. I mean, mm-hmm. he does mention that he's been to the Shadow Hunter city and stuff. So, like, he could have flirted with other shadow hunters that are not uh, um, Izzy. My, like... So that's why, like, my... Uh, My question is, like, why is he so creepy (laughs) with Clary, other than the fact that she's particularly
1: intriguing? Well, he thinks she's a shadow hunter. Yeah. He he does the entire time. It's just like, why is there a random shadow hunter in New York that I don't know? Yeah. But it doesn't mean you have to be creepy about it, though. I think he views it as, I think he's justifying it to himself as clave business. Like, I'm allowed to do this for the clay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. and, and
2: do you think, because you know, this is also around the same time that you know, Twi- this book was written around the same time as like Twilight was coming out and mm-hmm. stuff like that and people made like a big deal about like how in Twilight, you know, that romance in a- its own way
1: was creepy and stuff like that. Do you? He think- watches her sleep for like ever. <laughs> that, it's not the same thing as following her to a coffee shop. As following shop. Like, her I'm around not- and then it's disappearing? One t-
2: it's no. one
1: time. It's like a day it's that happens. It's not one time. It's, it's at least same. twice. Oh my god no, it's it's definitely and no to lead the coffee shop and, and then to her house I, exactly so that's at
2: it's, least that's twice that's creepy enough itself and, it's we, the don't, same and day. we don't the know the that house. he wasn't following her around and other times we man. just know that's I don't that's know man
1: Edward Edward like jumping into windows and watching you sleep like without you knowing for uh, months is way creepier I'm sorry like especially I don't know knowing that it he was months, would
2: like but, like anyways the my point is do you think that we would have the same reaction to jace being a romantic interest now, as we did when we read this book like seven years ago, would we have find it way creepier now? No, oh,
1: um... I didn't find it creepier because I did find it creepier now. <laughs> no, I didn't, but you know, I'm tainted with the knowledge of the future, so. No, Uh? I don't think it's creepier. I think it's just as creepy.
0: Don't do it.
3: (laughs) The same level of creepiness for you, Susan. Don't do it,
0: please.
1: (laughs) Males listening to this podcast, don't be a stalker, okay?
0: Thanks. Well, now that I have two daughters, like, especially please don't be a stalker. (laughs) Don't be creepy in any way. Don't just follow girls around. Don't be creepy. (laughs) Oh, on the same length, girls don't follow boys around and be creepy about it, too, so. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's true. (laughs) Equal opportunity here. (laughs) Equal opportunity, you know, creepiness advisory. I I think that's what caught me is, like, I never saw Jace really as, like, a flirt or a womanizer because, to me, he, like, feels awkward and, like, brooding, you know?
1: I I actually agree with that. I think Jace, a lot of the time, is like, I don't know what to do with this female person. Yeah. And and, and not that saying he can't, like, one-off flirt all the time every day. Like, he flirts with that fairy waitress Mm -hmm. and he flirts with... Like, just quick things, but, like, having a, another female embedded into his life in a right. more permanent way yeah. was so awkward for him. Yeah, it's
0: like, <laughs> especially, how, are you, how are you flirting with girls and
1: what? I mean, <laughs> especially one like Clary, who's mm-hmm. just really, like, you know, she just goes with it. She just does what she wants to do, and she doesn't listen to him, and mm-hmm. she doesn't slow down. And he's just like, why can't you? What What mm-hmm. do I do with you? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yep. Oh, boys. Yeah. (laughs) Boys. (laughs) All right.
2: I know I've gone way past my time. So did you like it real quick? (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. There's so much more I want to talk about. Yes, it's good. Good. (laughs) Read more. And if you want to read more, this is how I'd recommend reading it, because there are things in, in the books that sort of go back and forth. The first three trilogies, the first trilogy break, don't read the rest of it, then read the Infernal Devices trilogy, and then read the second trilogy of the Mortal Instruments. That's how I'd recommend. That's the best way to read it. Go forth and be awesome.
3: <laughs> Sounds good. I will take that advice.
1: Yep. I've um, thought about it a lot, guys. <laughs> like Alright.
2: Um, so the next book, On Eclectic Readers, of course, is still Anna Karenina by Leo, Tol- Leo Tolstoy. And We'll be doing that podcast next month. If you want to comment on that as you read and stuff, or talk more to Tara about City of Bones, because she has a lot of feelings, I think Susan's about to give us some places where we
0: can do that. Yes. Yay, social network. Yay. <laughs> um, so where can people find you guys? Jeanette?
2: Um, I'm on Goodreads at Garees.com slash Rivera. Or you can just look for us off our Goodreads page, and I'm also on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette D. R. J. E. A. N. N. E. T. T. E. And right now, my Twitter is basically only for talking about books. Yeah. So find me on Twitter. Talk to me about <laughs> books. Oh, and a little bit about the TV show because I did tweet at you the other night, Tara.
1: You did. <laughs> yeah, I saw. You
0: did. Yeah.
1: How about you, Tara? Uh, so you can find me, of course, on our Goodreads page. We're all very active there, so come say hey. Um, And ask me all your questions about mortal instruments, because I'll talk about it forever. Um, And also find me on Twitter at Tara Newman, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. I talk mostly about books and other nerdy things. So, yep, come say hello. And Meredith? Well, of course, you can find
3: me at our Goodreads page. Uh, I like talking back and forth on our different posts we've got going on. And you can also friend me on Goodreads. So you can find me at goodreads.com slash reading
0: underscore gal. Yay. And people can find me on Goodreads. Um, same thing on the Eclectic Readers page or um, my own page, Susan Lyons. Um, Twitter is at Ruri That's R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. And on Google+, um, I actually link a lot of book stuff there um but you know having a baby i haven't really been social mediaing much these days i'm sorry <laughs> um but you, And then you can also find the other links that we've talked about on our show notes at sunriserobot.net slash readers slash 12. And if you'd like to continue to support us besides listening to our wonderful podcast, um, you can be a Patreon supporter and find out how you can support us um, as such on sunriserobot.net slash support. Special thanks to Benji Robinson and Carolyn Kraut for supporting us. Yay! Yay, thanks um, guys. And if you do not want to miss an episode, go ahead and subscribe to your uh, favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. Please rate and review us on iTunes so more um, bookwormy friends can find us. Um, And until next month, let's shelve this until then.
1: All right. Bye, Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.